What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actress Emily Blunt. The movies The Lost City and Mass. First, let's talk about the career of Emily Blunt. The first performance that garnered Blunt a lot of attention was in The Devil Wears Prada, along with Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep, and Stanley Tucci. In the film, she plays Hathaway's friend-slash-rival. I think one of the most impressive things about Blunt in this movie is you could argue she gives the best performance in it. She's in a movie with Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep, and Stanley Tucci, and the fact that you could even make that argument that Blunt steals the movie is super impressive. She then went on to have supporting roles in Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts, and Dan in Real Life with Steve Carell. I love Dan in Real Life. Juliet Binoche is great in that movie. It's the only movie that Dane Cook is good in. Blunt's first lead role was in Young Victoria as Queen Victoria along with Rupert Friend and Paul Bettany. It's a really good film with a terrific performance given by both Blunt and Friend who have unreal chemistry. One of the things I admire most about Blunt's career is the variety of movies she's been in. She's been in indies like Your Sister's Sister with Mark Duplass and Emily DeWitt, a romantic comedy with the five-year engagement with Jason Segel, two of the best recent science fiction films with Looper with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon and Levitt in The Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, a thriller in Sicario with Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro, two musicals with Into the Woods and Mary Poppins Returns with James Corden, Anna Kendrick, and Meryl Streep, and a horror with A Quiet Place with John Krasinski. Blunt is great in all of these different genres and she's believable in any kind of movie. I think it's interesting to note that Emily's Blunt's career almost went in a different direction. She was the original pick to play Black Widow, not Scarlett Johansson, but couldn't play the part due to the very bad film Gulliver's Travels. Blunt's career would have gone in a totally different direction had she been in the MCU. There are people out there who desperately want her and her husband to be cast as the Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic, respectively. And I get it. That would be great to have John Krasinski and Emily Blunt in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I am telling you, it's not going to happen. Those two people do not need Marvel movies to become stars. They are already legitimate movie stars. And I also think that's one of the most impressive things about Emily Blunt, the fact that she is a movie star without being the star of a major franchise or being in a Marvel movie. That's the exciting thing about Emily Blunt's career, is she is not best known for one thing. And if she had played Black Widow, she would be best known for playing Black Widow. My favorite Emily Blunt performance is in the movie Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. This is one of the only Tom Cruise-led films where he gets upstaged by a co-star. Blunt has proven herself to be a legitimate action star, even in a movie that doesn't work like Jungle Cruise. She's amazing in that film. Her performance was compared to Indiana Jones. Edge of Tomorrow is an action film with a mix of comedy, and Emily Blunt has never been better. And that's one of those movies that everyone wants a sequel to. I would love a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, I have doubts whether or not a sequel would be best for that kind of movie, though. I think the interesting thing about that movie is you didn't know how good it was going to be, even though it had big stars like Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. I was pleasantly surprised how good of a movie that is, and I feel like a sequel might tarnish that. The most underrated performance of her career is in the movie Sicario. When people talk about this movie, they talk about the performances given by Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin, who are both terrific. 
when not enough people talk about is the lead performance given by Blunt. She's the heart and soul of the movie and one of the best parts of the film is she's playing someone who has never been put in such an extreme situation. And here's my theory as to why not enough people watched the sequel, which is okay, because Emily Blunt wasn't in it. The best year of Blunt's career is without a doubt 2018. First she starred in A Quiet Place, which was a huge surprise hit, making $350 million at the box office with a budget of $17 million. I love this movie. I also loved the 2021 sequel. And also in 2018, she starred in Mary Poppins Returns, taking over the iconic role from Julie Andrews. And even though she didn't win an Oscar like Andrews, she was undeniably great. That film made over $350 million as well. Again, Mrs. Blunt showing incredible range. She's playing a beloved childhood figure while also being in the biggest horror film of the year. I think the craziest thing about Blunt's career so far is she has not yet been nominated for an Oscar. I think she should have been nominated for Edge of Tomorrow, Sicario, and A Quiet Place. She's not only a movie star, she's a great actress who should be recognized. Again, in that 2018, to not nominate her for either Mary Poppins Returns or A Quiet Place is insane. That was the year to nominate her for an Oscar. Blunt's next film will be the star-studded Oppenheimer directed by Christopher Nolan. Blunt working with Nolan is one of the many reasons I'm excited for this one. She will be playing Catherine Oppenheimer, the wife of the inventor of the atomic bomb, Robert Oppenheimer. Blunt has worked with an impressive list of filmmakers throughout her career. Ryan Johnson, Doug Lyman, Rob Marshall, Denis Villeneuve, and now you can add Christopher Nolan to the list. Here's a list of movies where Emily Blunt gives a noteworthy performance in. The Devil Wears Prada, The Young Victoria, Your Sister's Sister, The Five-Year Engagement, Looper, Edge of Tomorrow, Into the Woods, Sicario, A Quiet Place, Mary Poppins Returns, A Quiet Place Part 2, and Jungle Cruise. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie The Lost City. Here's a quick synopsis. Romance novelist Loretta Sage is kidnapped by a billionaire who believes she can help him find a lost treasure. Meanwhile, her cover model, Alan, attempts to come to her rescue. The film stars Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, and Devine Joy Randolph. Standout performances. This is my favorite performance from Sandra Bullock since Gravity. Her last few films, Ocean's 8 and Bird Box, were interesting films that overall didn't work for me. Bullock is one of the last major movie stars who get people to go to the movies. Since she broke out in speed with Keanu Reeves, she's let hit after hit Miss Congeniality, which made over $200 million at the box office, The Proposal and The Blind Side, the movie for which she won the Oscar, each made over $300 million. She's a bankable movie star and a terrific actress. The year has just started, yet Channing Tatum has already had a massive 2022. After having a brief hiatus from acting, Tatum is back in a huge way with this movie and Dog, the film he starred and co-directed. That film was a modest hit, making $60 million at the box office. Tatum has had an underrated career. He starred in both dramas like The Guide to Recognizing Your Saints and Foxcatcher and comedies like 21 Drum Street and Hail Caesar from the Conan Brothers. Tatum and Bullock have really fun chemistry in this movie. They are both just effortlessly movie stars. Daniel Radcliffe is delightful as the over-the-top villain of the movie. He also played a bad guy in Now You See Me Too. I love the direction he's taken his career since Harry Potter ended. This is a big deal for him to be in a movie with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum and he 
delivers a really good performance. And finally, I love how Brad Pitt is willing to take supporting roles in movies. It's something he's done before he was a major movie star in True Romance and after he was one of the biggest movie stars in the world in Snatch, 12 Years a Slave, and The Big Short. He's fantastic in The Lost City. My only wish is there was more of him in the movie. It was really cool to see him share the screen with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Bullock will next appear with Brad Pitt in the action movie Bullet Train. Channing Tatum will next star in Magic Mike Free and in Zoe Kravitz's directorial debut. And Daniel Radcliffe is set to play musician Weird Al in a biopic. How I would describe The Lost City to someone is it's a mix between romantic comedy and action adventure. In that way, it kind of reminded me of Jungle Cruise, the film that starred Emily Blunt and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I mean, half of that movie was about those two characters falling in love, and there was also a crazy over-the-top villain played by Jesse Plemons, while in this movie you have Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock falling in love. You also have a crazy over-the-top villain in Daniel Radcliffe. There are a lot of similarities between Jungle Cruise and The Lost City. The reason why I prefer The Lost City over Jungle Cruise is because of the chemistry of the main stars. Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock have insane amount of chemistry, while The Rock and Emily Blunt really did nothing for me. This movie's also a lot more funnier than Jungle Cruise. I just think this movie works because of its star power. It has really good actors in it. These actors make the movie. The performance is given by Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, and Brad Pitt make this movie worth seeing. There will be a lot of people who will tell you that movie stars no longer exist, and I'm here to tell you they are absolutely wrong, and The Lost City is yet another example of that. The reason why currently The Lost City is the number one movie on the planet is because it stars four recognizable actors. We all know Sandra Bullock. We all know Channing Tatum. We all know Brad Pitt, and we all know Daniel Radcliffe. I still believe the number one way to get people to see your movie is to have a bunch of movie stars in it. And that's what The Lost City has. It's the only reason I wanted to see this movie because I want to see a movie that stars Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. One of the aspects I liked about the movie is how the movie connected the arc of the Bullock's character to the plot of the movie. I thought that was nice and I really enjoyed Sandra Bullock playing this author who isn't a huge fan of the book she's written. There's one scene I really liked in this movie where the Channing Tatum character calls out Sandra Bullock for dissing the fans of her book. I feel like there are a lot of celebrities in this world who don't like the number one thing they are best known for and they ridicule that thing not knowing there are so many people who love and appreciate their work. Overall, I thought The Lost City was a fun studio comedy. Not every movie needs to have a heady subject matter. Not every movie needs to be super intense. The Lost City is a good time and it features, like I said, major movie stars. And if you like comedies and action adventures, The Lost City is the movie for you. Let's switch gears one final time and talk about the movie Mass. Here's a quick synopsis. Richard and Linda are a married couple who agree to meet with the parents of the teen who killed their son during a school shooting. The film stars Jason Isaacs, Martha Plimpton, Ann Dowd, and Reed Burney. Standout performances. All four actors, Isaacs, Plimpton, Burney, and Dowd, give great performances. Let's start with Jason Isaacs, who's best known for playing the villain in the Harry Potter films, The Patriot, Peter Pan, and A Cure for Wellness. In recent years, he was really good in supporting roles in the movie 
his fury and the death of Stalin. In mass, he gives the best performance of his career and should have received an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Actress Anne Dowd in recent years has appeared in the television shows The Leftovers and The Hands May Tale, and for the latter, she won an Emmy. Her work in films mostly consist of indies like American Animals, Hereditary. She also appeared in the Netflix remake of Rebecca, which I thought she was really good in. In Mass, Dowd gives a heartbreaking performance as a grieving mother who has to answer for the horrific actions of her son. The final moment she has in the movie is the moment of the movie. And, like Jason Isaacs, Anne Dowd should have been nominated for an Oscar for this performance. Actress Martha Plimpton is playing a grieving mother who wants answers to what happened the day she lost her son and also wants to move on with her life. There's a moment where she says she wants to forgive and love again. She says she's forgotten to love. I thought that was one of the most powerful moments of this movie. And finally, you have Reed Burney, who's playing the father of the shooter, who is willing to admit that mistakes were made with how they raised his son, but is also really defensive at the same time. And who wouldn't be? You see the perspective of every character, and you can understand why they feel the way they do. Mass is a fantastic debut for filmmaker Fran Kranz. To take on this subject matter in your directorial debut, and for the movie to be really good is super impressive. There's a way to make a movie like this in a way that's distasteful, and that's not the case with Mass. It's thoughtful and makes the audience ask a lot of uncomfortable questions. 2021 was a great year for actors making the transition to director. You have Kranz with Mass, Lin-Manuel Miranda with Tick, Tick, Boom, Rebecca Hall with Passing, and Maggie Gyllenhaal with The Lost Daughter. All of these people have been actors, and now they are really significant filmmakers as well. I really liked all of these debuts, and I can't wait to see which films these filmmakers make next. Mass is a timely movie. All of us in modern times hear about countless school shootings and how nothing ever changes. And what I think is truly brilliant about this movie is it's not about the school shooting itself. It's about the aftermath of the school shooting. This movie takes place six years after the school shooting took place. The media only fixates on a school shooting for a week or so, but then we move on with our lives. This movie, Mass, is about the people who never moved on. The parents of a victim and the parents of the shooter. And you feel empathy for both sides. The grieving will never stop for both sets of parents. The movie also talks about activism and mental health. Mass, to me, is the type of movie that would have done way better at the box office in the early 2000s. This film failed to make a million dollars at the U.S. box office. I mean, this is a really well-acted movie. It's not a movie that's action-packed. It's not a comedy. It is a drama about a sensitive subject matter. Even with that said, if this was made in 2005, I could see this movie making $50 million at the box office. This is where movies are right now. The movies are being dominated by big studio blockbusters or movies that have major movie stars. And that's another thing this movie lacks. It does not have a major movie star in it. Yes, like I've said, we've seen Jason Isaacs as the bad guy in a lot of things, but a lot of those movies star other bigger movie stars, and we don't go and see those movies for Jason Isaacs. We see The Patriot because it had Mel Gibson in it, not because Jason Isaacs was in it. This is a movie with four people who are mainly supporting actors and other things being the lead characters, and sadly, even good acting doesn't sell movies right now. I 
also think it's fair to say that movies used to be a place where we wanted to see our lives mirrored at us. We wanted to see our real lives on screen. That is no longer the case. Now more than ever, movies are escapism. We want to see Spider-Man fight the Green Goblin. We want to see Captain America fight Thanos. We do not want to see our real lives on screen anymore. And I think that's a bad thing. We should want real life reflected in the movies we watch. And Mass reflects a real issue that is prevalent in today's society. There is a scary number of school shootings and nothing is changing. And we really only have empathy for these shootings, like I said, for one week at a time. Modern media and the modern news cycle makes you lack empathy for the victims of the news you are listening and hearing too. And I think Mass makes you feel empathetic for people who are in a situation that you could find yourself in because again this is a prevalent issue in today's society. It could happen to any kid you know. I think a great double feature would be Mass and The Fallout. Those are two brilliant movies about the aftermath of a school shooting. They deal with empathy and grief in a beautiful way and I absolutely love the ending to those films. Those movies are powerful and you should see both of them. Overall, Mass is arguably the best acted film of 2021 and it's a real shame that none of the actors were Oscar nominated. For me personally, like I said, I would have nominated both Jason Isaacs and Anne Dowd for their performances. Mass might not be a pleasant watch, but I think it's a movie everyone should see. I love the fact that you can still make a great movie about people talking in a room. This movie is simple and complicated at the same time, and that's what the best kind of movies are. They are simple in that you will understand them, and they are complicated in what the themes are about. The lack of Oscars for a movie like Mass is something I find really troubling, because I think that's the entire point of the Oscars. If Kranz had been nominated for screenplay like he should have for Mass, or if Dowd and Isaacs were nominated for their performances, more people would see this movie. The whole point of the Oscars, in my mind, is to get people to watch the movies they wouldn't otherwise watch. We're all going to watch Dune, no matter how many Oscars it was nominated for, but a movie like Mass needs to get Oscar nominations for people to be interested in the movie. They need to hear about the movie. Think about what just happened to Coda. Coda was a small movie on Apple TV Plus, and last night, it just won Best Picture at the Oscars, and you're telling me that's not going to get more people to watch a movie like Coda? It is, in fact, going to make Coda more popular. Smaller movies need Oscar support to gain traction. Now, Mass does not have box office success, and it doesn't have Oscar support. So, likely, this movie will be an underrated gem. Hopefully, now that it's on streaming on Hulu, more people will discover Mass. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday, and I highly recommend you watch the work of actress Emily Blunt and check out the movies The Lost City and Mass. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movies Death on the Nile, starring Kenneth Branagh, Gal Gadot, Annette Bening, Letitia Wright, and Russell Brand, directed by Branagh, and The Bubble, starring Karen Gillan, Fred Armisen, Leslie Mann, Keegan-Michael Key, and Pedro Pascal, written and directed by Judd Apatow. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.